This is Saturday morning's must-listen formal. Set to go. Ready. Waiting. The best minds in the business are ready to have their say. This is the Melbourne Racing Panel. The panel has assembled for a Group 1 race day on Sandown, primarily on the lakeside circuit, but a couple of races on the hillside circuit. Mark Hunter, David Gately and Jamie Rogers to guide us through the next hour. As I welcome in Mark Hunter and Mark, yesterday was a sad day, farewelling. A great mate to so many in racing and a great mate to many people who, who didn't even know him and Dean Lester through his work here on, on RSN, but a fitting farewell for such a champion person. Yeah, morning, Warren. It was a look. It was a sad day, but it was a lovely day down there. I think everyone spoke well. Uh, a great send off, and I had to shoot off at three o'clock, so I didn't get to hang around. But uh, a, a really fitting finale there with Matty Hill calling the, the home straight on the Cranbourne racetrack. I thought that was fantastic. So until I'd gone home, Warren, it was a fantastic day, really. Yeah, and hopefully we can all find some winners in honour of Dino today. David Gately, it was a very fitting farewell for our great mate, wasn't it? Oh, look, it was beautiful, mate, and um, you spoke brilliantly, I thought, and, um, yeah, I think what, what's probably most salient to the audience listening today is um, the quote you read or the message you read uh, about a listener who'd never even met Dean um, and sort of treated, thought he was a member of his family as how much uh, love and respect was there. So I think that's the theme, and we'll try our best to carry that on, as, again, as you touched on in your, in your beautiful words, mate. Absolutely. Jamie Rogers, it's been a great weekend so far and a special weekend for you that we'll touch on shortly. First of all, good morning to you, Jamie. Yeah, good morning, Warren, and good morning to all of the listeners. The sun's shining here and I'm excited for a really great day of racing. And the sun was shining last night at Canterbury for you. Tell us about Ruby Kisses. <laughs> yes, it was. So Ruby won last night at Canterbury and she was first up. So she's trained by Gerald Ryan and Sterling Alexiou. And she just sat off the pace and then just bolted in. I've got to say, she looked fantastic first up. So hopefully we're in for a really great preparation. She's one of those horses that always tries really hard. And she just, she pays her way. So she does her job. She's a great horse. I'm in an all-female syndication with Equicom. And it's a great bunch of women. So it was just an awesome result last night. You might have a bit of the Midas touch this weekend too because little spies tell me it might be a special day for you. Uh, what sort of a day is it for you, Jane? So it's my birthday today. Um, so I might be on like a slight sugar high because I had the boys making me waffles this morning. So that was at six o'clock this morning. I had two very excited little boys running in for my birthday. So I feel like I should be entitled to have some winners today with that birthday touch. Well, we'll try and follow you in. You share your birthday with my beautiful wife, Leanne. So happy birthday to, to both of you, Jamie. Oh, well, thank you. And happy birthday to Leanne. We kick off the program Group 1 Day at Sandown, the Lakeside Circuit today, 2,100 metres. It's a listed race, so it's a reasonable quality field. The scratching is number seven, Stars of Carom, heading to Adelaide. What's the market telling us in the first, Jamie? Well, Warren, there's some really good money in this first race. So the favourite right you are at $1.70 is the best-backed runner. Not in the entire country. It's the second best backed in the country, but it's the best-backed here at Sandown, now at $1.70. But I'll start with the one, Vow and Declare, who at $8.50 has seen some support at that price. The three high emotion at $7.50 has also been popular but it's just significantly less than the favorite the four midnight booze at 11 the five saracen knights at 440 and as i mentioned the six right you are a very dominant favorite to kickstart the meeting at a dollar 70 how do you read the tempo here mark i think right you are just gets a picnic warren in front it should just roll to the top of that race fitness and completely dictate the race sitting behind it maybe midnight blue goes forward 
Uh, that's about it. But she right you are, should get a waltz in front. It should be able to dictate the race. Not totally sure it runs a super strong 2100, but it probably doesn't have to here. It's race fit, controls it, extends with the 54, and it just should be winning here to beat number three, High Emotion, who was just fantastic last campaign. Might have won the Melbourne Cup in another 100 metres. Um, probably need further, probably get out sprinted, but I'm sure it will run well. Five Saris and Knight just had a terrific campaign last time, looks to be trialling nicely, and one there on Declare. Off his trials, you think he'll need the run, but he's such a good horse, he'll be running on. So six, should just dictate, should just win, six, three, five, and one. How are you reading the first gator? Yeah, he looks the one to be, doesn't he? Right, you are. I mean, it was really tough win two runs ago, and then six weeks between runs hillside. You know, I'm a slow learner. I, I thought um, might bring him undone, but this stable uh, just they're too good at that sort of stuff and raced away. It wasn't a crawl. You know, they ran you know, right, a tick above sort of average speed, so it looked like they were dawdling. They weren't. He raced away from them anyway. They've been informed horses, including Detonator Jack, of course who we were thinking was a stakes-grade horse, but he thrashed him. So, look, he's short enough, I think, but um, it'd be hard to beat, obviously. High emotion. He's jumped out really well. He was he rushed home from the tail first up last time in, beat less than a length. So he's a shocker. That horse was flying at the time, as right you are is now. That was at Flemington 2000, and he easily beat Bound to Clare third up before said Melbourne Cup placing. Saracen Knight was given a quieter time in his jump out. He really came of age last prep, though. On tracks with give, has to be said. Hasn't seen a dry track since December 2021, interestingly. Val and Declare will be running on probably without winning 6351. Very similar numbers. In fact, the same numbers for David Gately and Mark Hunter across the board 6351 in the first. And no argument for me with the top selection. Right, you are. He's just in a terrific vein of form and he's got that race fitness as Mark outlined and he can control the race here with so many of these horses first up and the only other horse that's not Ahmad and it was uh, it was poor behind right you are first up so he's got an enormous amount of ground to make up think he'll control the race think he'll win he's probably rock bottom odds but he might be a leg of a multi number six for me head of five Saracen Knight looks to have trialled up well, kicking off the campaign at a suitable trip. You'd say ditto for number three, High Emotion, who looks to be coming to hand well. And she was terrific with that win in the Bendigo Cup. And as Mark said, she may well have won the, the Flemington-Melbourne uh, Cup if she was uh, she was another couple of hundred metres longer or even 50 metres longer. She was outstanding in the Melbourne Cup. Four Midnight Blues been given a number of solid jump outs recently. There is some talent there. Raft of gear changes. Barry extension, tongue tie go on. So do the front pads. The blinkers come off. Six, five, three and four for me in the first. Group two, Angus Armanasco is the second on the card. 1,400 metres for the three-year-old fillies. Take out number five, Wave Rider Boy. Jamie? So we're in another race where there's a very popular favourite, but we'll start with the one. She's lickety split at six dollars. The two is laced up heels at five fifty, and three shuffle dancer at that three dollar forty price. She's holding more than double anything else in this race. The four Royal Merchants had a little bit of a double at seven dollars fifty, with the six Eternal Flame at ten. The eight called Die at five dollars fifty is the second best backed runner, but significantly less than what we've taken on the favourite. Thoughts on how they might run along here, Gator? Look, I had a bit of trouble um, with the speed in, in this one, uh, Ted. Um, maybe she's looking split and shuffled answer can go for Royal Merchant will be there, but none of them are natural leaders. Calls I had been sort of a get-back filly in the very you know first couple of runs. This prep was only a maiden, but they went forward, set up second, and won it OK. So uh, maybe she can get control of this. She's beautifully related. 
Um, I think she's sitting on the upward spiral. Did I want to see a little more on the clock there first up? Probably. But look, she, she won it well enough. She was heavily back to do that. There were gaps behind. Interestingly, she was coming off a trial where she probably went as well as Sathira, who ran well in a similar race here at uh, Hillside Fresh. And um, her run in the regional island at start two was terrific off a hot speed. Uh, she had a couple of impressive city winners behind her that day, including Parasail, etc. Shuffle Dancer, terrific at Flemington, two runs ago against the pattern of the day, splitting a couple of subsequent winners, including Rote to Aratai Taki, who, who then beat Allbar and Avisto last week in sizzling time and uh, walked in Mooney Valley last time. Good strength on the clock there, big danger. Laced up heels, loomed to win the, uh, the Hayes Stakes, just peaked late. Six fastest last 200 backs that up. Um, she's won <clears throat> her one go at 1,400. She beat the gun filly in Western Australia, Amelia Jewell, that day too. And she's looking at his split desperate for 1,400. Um, a big improver. 8 3 two, one. Mark, how are you playing race two? I'm going with two chances. We're on three and eight. I'm going to tip number three, Shuffle Dancer, who it's flying. That run at Flemington was absolutely outstanding. Going right to Arataki on a leader's day in a leader's race. Just roared home. And then the valley... I guess if it got clear, probably could have won by six or eight lengths there. Just a different class of them. It will take a good ride. I can't see where it fits in, so it probably has to go back here on the lake side. I think it'll make a good ride from the 600 to the 400 just to get close enough. And then the horse got a good turn of foot to get itself out of trouble and, and do the rest. The beat number eight, Cool Guy. I think Cool Guy's the big danger. First two runs were good. First up win, went forward, got the job done. I think as long as it jumps okay, gets up on the speed. It's the one shuffle dancer will have to run down. Then two that go forward, number seven, Jenny Layla, I think will punch through from gate one, give you a good start. And ten, Dear Jewel, both runs back solid, gets up on the speed and gives you a sight up there. But going with two hopes here, three and eight. Three, eight, seven and ten. Mark Hunter's numbers in race two, three, eight, seven and ten. David Gately with eight, three, two and one. We're all working around the same Quinella. I've put number three, Shuffle Dancer, on top. I just think if she can get any luck from that draw, hopefully a, a trail three wide with cover into it. As Mark outlined, she's just got that burst of acceleration that can get her out of trouble and put the race away. I think she's a, a filly definitely up to this grade, and the form through Road to Arataki's held up well through her run two starts ago, and then she dominated that race when she overcame some difficulties at the Valley last start. Three for me, ahead of eight. Lady Die looks the main danger. Two laced up heels will strip fitter for that run where she did peak late. First up and six. Eternal Flame, I thought, was really strong to the line. Obviously, a much easier race, but she does look to be a filly with upside. And, and Mick Kent doesn't quite often throw him in the deep end like that. She does look to have a, a certain touch of class. It might come a bit early for her, but she's got some chance of running into the first four. Three, eight, two and six for me in race two. Race three is the mannerism for the mares over the 1,400 metres. A group three, scratch number two, Larkspur run. Jamie, what's the market look like here? Yeah, so we've got a small but a competitive field here, Warren, for the third race. So there's two horses that are holding the exact same amount of money and they're holding four times more than the rest of the field. So the one Barb Raider is at $6.50. One of those popular horses is the three, yes, Fiona at $4.20. The four, Turath, is at five. And then the favourite is Torajin at $3.80, who is also one of those better-backed runners. And the six, Pride of Jenny, is at $4. And then the seven, Forbidden City, at 11 So outside of those top two with the money holds the other four are then holding also the exact same amount of money so it's it's interesting there's those top two that are seeing the best backed and they're holding four times more and then the rest of the field are holding the exact same amount 
Mark, it's interesting. I think the, the tempo of this race could be interesting also. If Pride of Jenny begins well, she'll, she'll put herself right on the speed from, from that inside draw. I would think with a couple of runs under the belt, Churath, probably the way this race shapes up, ends up in a reasonably forward position. And Torajean from a, a wider draw, she can just take her time and roll forward. I think she ends up in the first two or three, might set up just a, a reasonable tempo. And I think those on speed may well get a chance to, to control that tempo. I thought Torajean's trials jump outs have been terrific and she came a long way last preparation. I think she's up to this grade. Certainly the form through My Whisper last start says that she's up to this grade. So five for me. Torajean had a one Barb Raider. She's going to be that little bit off the speed, although the earmuffs come off here. Craig Williams has got a great association with her. She's trialling up so well. Jerome Hunter's probably got his best two horses heading to, to the races today at Sandown. Craig Williams, a strong part of, of the education and the, the performances of those horses. Seven, Forbidden City. She's been racing well, and around about the 1,400 metres seems to be a good trip for her, and she's got that hard race fitness on her side. And Espiona, she may well appreciate getting back to, to Melbourne, the Mel, Mel, racing the Melbourne direction. That's probably the, the best we've seen of her that put that stamp on her that she was going to go to the absolute elite level. She's not running poorly. She just hasn't lived up to that yet, but she'll be fitter for that first up run. Five, one, seven, and three for me in race three. Mark, how are you reading it? I'm hoping Pride of Jenny does jump, Warren, and uh, leads and dictates the race. And from there, I think it can win. It uh, There doesn't look to be a lot of pressure once they settle. Now, very tardy at the gates. We need Blake Shin to get it out, hold out Churath and Torajean, and uh, then control the race from there. On the lakeside, give a kick. I think Pride of Jenny will be very hard to run down here to beat number five, Torajean, who had a terrific campaign last time in. Will bang forward from that gate, get up there somewhere. Trial well, looks to be ready to go. One Barb Raider. Got that zero next to its name before a spell, but gee, no surprise it's been a zero there that was wide all the way. Trial well in seven, Forbidden City, who's probably not as good as them, but got race fitness on its side and is in terrific form. Six just needs a good getaway here. Six, five, one, and seven. How are you reading this race, Gator? Well, I'm not going to sit here and make a case for Espiona because I'm sick of her, um, <laughs> and uh, we're going to see other people after today, but um, getting back to uh, the Melbourne way might be the key, so We'll see how we go. I'm off Twitter for the day, that's for sure. Uh, Forbidden City, good with the way to Flemington. Best closer there. Quickest last two 200 splits in moderately run Balmain Stakes. The winner there then tested to some. We might so have just lost Gator's line there. We've got him back. We've got you back there, Gator. Oh, a bit of a dramatic pause there. Um, yeah, I was just mentioning Forbidden City's run last time and the sectionals were outstanding. Uh, Terrigine, two neat jump out wins, unbeaten fresh. And uh, I think you've hit the nail on the head with the My Whisper form line that ties her in. And Barb Raider won a Vanity Stakes fresh last time in. Uh, Pride of Jenny seems to go better second up, but she's never resumed at 1400. She's jumped out well. So, look, they're probably all early quality for me. 3751. 3751. Was that right, Gatti? You are sticking with Espiona, 3751? Yeah, look, um, yeah, we are. Three, seven, five, and one for Gator. Mark Under's numbers six, five, one, and seven. I'm with numbers five, one, seven, and three. Race three, the mannerism stakes on a group one card at Sandown, the Lakeside Circuit. You're with the Melbourne Form Panel.